Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your hosts, Joe Musidla and Matthew Miller. Tonight we dive into Isaiah chapter 40. Um, well, uh, pretty interesting stuff. You know, this is uh, the chapter in question that, uh, well, has a very interesting phrase. Do you not know? Have you not heard. It's twice in this chapter, verses 21 and 28. But Joe and I are just going to uh, take an overview of this chapter, go through it and see what we can remember as, uh, well, we roll forward verse by verse. Uh, Joe, what's your op- opening comments on this uh, chapter? What's your thoughts about it? Because it's, it's always been one of my favorite phrases. You know, I've... Um, I've repeatedly used this phrase uh, throughout my adult life, so it's uh, it's pretty important to me. What's what's your thoughts about it? Have you not heard? Have you not read? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a very important phrase in here, and then being uh, twice, it definitely uh, gets your attention. Um, it it definitely it, it's funny how it stands out. Uh, every time that I've read this, it has always, uh, I think I remember the very first time it, it almost gave me a, a chill up my spine when I read it the first time. And ever since then, it's, it's always, those two phrases have stood out. Well, you know, the chapter is, is, is very standalone-ish, um, it basically starts out with declaring the greatness of God and and putting everything in its proper place, um, and it's just well, it's 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 a, it's a very deep <laughs> chapter, and uh, at present moment we all need to understand that that well we all feel abandoned, don't we? Let's be honest. Christ ascended. Some you know. 2020 years ago uh, you know the dates are in question it gets moved this way moved that way the point is is that we are you know watching and waiting uh, for a better you know use of the our current situation so you know, especially when you get into the book of Asaph and realize everything that goes on with there, with the uh, with the prelude, which is Psalm chapter fifty, you you realize that things are beginning to be very bad for the ecclesia, for the bride, as she continually waits and waits and waits and waits and waits and waits, and, waits, and then she begins to uh, you know look around her and uh, see what's going on, and it's, it's just not very. Not very uplifting at all. 
even though it does give you comfort in the simple fact that you know what's what's to come. You know what's coming. But uh, this is very interesting indeed. Uh, the entire diatribe here, um, everything it has to say, um, and the very ominous phraseology that this chapter starts off with because God you know God likes to catch you by surprise and when he says that <laughs> Jerusalem's warfare has ended uh, that's one event that everybody would like to see that's not ever going to happen <laughs> in the natural sense of the orderly that we currently experience only God himself can put the end of that period. So, this has uh, always been a very exciting chapter, uh, even for the Jews. But uh, let's take a read of it, Joe. Let's uh, let's let's see where this goes. You know, why don't you just start reading off and go as far as you want to, go as far as you'd like. I really don't care. Read one verse, two verse, maybe even five. I really don't care. You got it. All right, I will be reading out of the NASB, and we'll just start with the very beginning. Comfort, oh comfort, my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received the Lord's hand, double for her sins. A voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low, and let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." Uh, stop right there. Um, oh my goodness, that is a ton of information, and it, it, not to go, not to get into it too far. But you know, when we look at Isaiah forty at, at forty four here, wow, uh, so many things come to mind and you know when i read this i i get a picture not only of the earth itself being changed as she stands straight up but i also get a a picture of well a clock or the solar system being made right as well and that's that's what kind of comes to my mind but uh matthew if you want to well, absolutely, Joe. There's only one way this can happen. Um, what you're seeing here is, well, most kids know about this because they love to play with balloons. And everybody knows the only way that you can get what's being described here in verse 4 is an expansion. The, the balloon or the ball or even the air-up mattress – uh, that is full of wrinkles and is not uh, full of air anymore. It's very loose. The terrain is, of course, rugged. It's wavy. The only way that the earth can be made to do this 
is the crust have to has to expand over a greater dimension than we currently possess. Now, I've spoken about this many times that this is the simple reason why in Ezekiel's temple, he makes it perfectly clear to you that what is being measured is not with the measure. It's with the royal measure, which what is that? It is the adding of one handbreadth to the cubit. Makes it one-seventh longer. So, with that in mind, you realize exactly what's, what's happening here. Uh, the earth is expanding, and the crust has to stretch out over greater volume. This is prophetically why uh, he has told you over and over and over and again about another prophetic incident. The simple fact that this has everything to do with the birth of a child. And everybody knows what happens to a mother when she is in the final days of the pregnancy, of course. Uh, this is <laughs> what creates what is commonly called as stretch marks, as even her belly button pops out, smooths over. So, literally, uh, he's, he's, he's telling you that, well, uh, this is going to happen. And then verse 5 says, Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together for the Lord. For the mouth of the Lord is. Uh, so, here you get it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He just gave you exactly what's going to happen. Of course, this, this means we're going to have a massive infusion of power. You have no idea, ladies and gentlemen. The, the closest that you could ever come to this is, is what you've seen in the movie 2012, where there was a massive buildup of heat. Uh, of course, the theatrical version, there was no way to go that deep to take the the temperature of the core of the earth, but they played it off cinematically as if they could. And of course, that's the very first thing that happens is there's a massive increase in the core temperature of the earth. This is what's going to have to happen in order for, well, the crust of the earth to be stretched out flat like a plane. I mean, literally told you that all the low places are going to come up to sea level. All of the hills that were above sea level is going to come down to sea level. The understanding it's a stretching of the surface of the earth. It's a stretching of it. So he just told you that uh, before this happens, you're going to have a massive infusion of energy, which causes the earth to expand, and then you'll get it. Then the Lord will reveal his awesome presence. Then he who sitteth upon the throne will be given his due respect. Now, he talks about this instance, uh, many chapters of the Bible, not just here in Isaiah chapter 40, what it's going to be like. But uh, we know from um, well, Isaiah chapter 24, he gives you a diatribe right from the beginning that everybody has a Salah moment. All of a sudden, everybody knows exactly the same thing. He gives the same diatribe in Revelation chapter 6 in the sixth seal event. Everybody has a Salah moment. Everybody knows exactly what just happened. Not only that, they know looking forward uh, to the wrath of the Lamb. So there is no mistakes about it. They will know the doom that will 
slowly unravel itself over the next 1,260 days from this particular day. So up until this point, uh, you you sh you should realize uh, that uh, well, um, you get this verse six. What's your thoughts on verse six, um, Joe? What do you think about this this voice that that calls out? Uh, uh, and it very strange how it's put. Um, but <laughs> it, it's it's just amazing that uh, everybody should should be looking for something extremely important. Uh, but this voice is first mentioned in verse three. A voice is calling, "Clear away for the Lord in the wilderness." Joe, what do you make of that that verse? Um, that reminds me twice. Uh, once in um, oh, rain locked up. Uh, Exodus, when the children cried out, and then also again of those uh, in Revelation, those uh, that are under the altar, and that's that's where my mind goes first. Well, you know, it's it's amazing that it's obviously he's talking about uh, Matthew chapter three, verse uh, one through three. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching the wilderness in Judea, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This was supposed to be the one. Of course, it's it's there's a direct quote here: the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way uh, of the Lord, make his path straight. Straight. Um, it's also repeated in John the first chapter, Mark the first chapter. And Malachi, the third chapter, verse 1, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Amen. And the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight the hold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. 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 If you, got, if, if you, don't, if you don't know what's going on, Malachi just told you that from this event, now look, we're going to use a phraseology from Job. You better brace yourself like a man, because at the end of that 1,290 days, you've been told point-blank range that the Lord will come. And he who has declared this is the Lord God himself on day one. Let me – here, listen really carefully. Ladies and gentlemen, this day is the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne. And on this day, he declares that in 1,260 days, his son is going to come back. Now, I know everybody's been taught that he comes back, you know, uh, uh, with the angels throwing roses in his path and, and singing kumbaya. And he's going to will-o'-the-wisp you away to heaven. I appreciate that. This is what the Lord your God stated in the book of Malachi, the third chapter, the very first verse. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Who is this? Well, you better figure this out, that, well, this is the time of the two witnesses, ladies and gentlemen. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. This is the Lord God himself. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord God of hosts. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just told you... Um, yeah, exactly the way the phraseology is used uh, for these people that freak out during the sixth seal event. They literally say, oh no, uh, the day of he who sitteth upon the throne has come. 
and the wrath of the Lamb, and what are we supposed to do now? So, uh, we know that the next chapter in Malachi says the same thing in uh, chapter 4. Uh, here it likens it to uh, Elijah. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Uh, Luke, It's in Luke chapter 1 again. Uh, but it's stated several ways in several different places. But, um, wow. When you look at the event horizon for this here in Isaiah chapter 40, it, it, it really, he's a... <laughs> He's uh, well. He's ever. He, ladies and gentlemen, you have to come to grips with this. The Lord God of Hosts Himself is going to put you in your place. He's going to tell you how it is going to be, and it's going to be that way, and no other way. <laughs> so, it's uh, it's just amazing uh, that. Um, well, we haven't got very far yet. We haven't read very many verses. Uh, but uh, and maybe we should just uh, go ahead and read that from the six seal event. Let's let, you know what. Let's just go ahead and do this because it's kind of hard to uh, understand what is going on until you realize just exactly uh, you know what's 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 taking place here. So Revelation chapter six and verse twelve. Of course, reading from the New American Standard Bible, even as Joe began this broadcast with, so I shall follow suit with. And read from that translation. I looked when he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth made of air, and the whole moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll was rolled up, and every mountain and island were removed out of their places. Then the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the commanders, and the rich, and the strong, and every slave, and free man, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of the wrath has come, and who is able to stand. Right there you go. There's your Salah moment, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you... Had questions there. Let's read it one more time again. Let's find out who Lottie Dottie Everybody is. The kings of the earth, the great men, and the commanders, and the rich, and the strong, and every slave, and every free man. Lottie Dottie Everybody. Lottie Dottie Everybody. So, you realize when you're uh, reading this, this exact mirror of this instance in. Um, Isaiah chapter 24, uh, you realize it puts it a different way. How does it state Lottie Dottie, everybody? Well, let's just go ahead and do it. And and here, we will read it. I mean, because this very first uh, verse states exactly uh, like Isaiah chapter 40, verse 4 did. And I covered it, I stated it. The only way this could happen is if the earth was to increase in its uh, size. So let's just read uh, how Isaiah chapter 24 states, Lottie Dottie, everybody, behold, the earth lays the earth waste, devastates it, distorts its surface, and scatters its inhabitants. And the people would be like the priest, the servant like his master, the maid like her mistress, the buyer like the seller, the lender like the borrower, the creditor like the debtor, period. Lottie Dottie, everybody. 
Lottie-dottie everybody. Just here, he stated it a different way. So, he's expecting you to know that from this day forward, <laughs> uh, Malachi put it very succinctly. The Lord God announces, just like Isaiah chapter 40 uh, told us that he would, uh, that, well, his Christ was coming. The Messiah was coming. So, um, well, now you know why everything is being stated here the way it's being stated here. It all makes sense to me because I've remembered everything else that was written about it. And there's just a, such a fantastic quanta of data that God has, has given to us about this event that when he you know, speaks of it here, it just, uh, it just makes sense. I mean, uh, uh, verse 4. I mean, I'll just read it again. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. What's happening? What's happening? And let the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Literally, he's telling you that he's blowing the earth up like a balloon. That's what he's doing. So um, just imagine that you're going to feel this happening. This is the great day of you sitting upon the throne. This is why... Uh, Revelation chapter 6 stated this day was a great earthquake. Nothing will stand. Nothing will be able to stand. Everything you've ever built is coming down. It's coming down. So we've got a whole lot of information going on here. My goodness. Um, just the cross-references we could we could do this. It's just literally off the charts. I mean, I've already given like four or five of them just for verse 3. Uh, I didn't talk about Isaiah 57. Uh, what is it? 14 or 15? Um, uh, Psalm 68, Luke 2, uh, I could just go round and round and round in circles, ladies and gentlemen. I can just see it. I, I know it. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that I'm trying to figure out what it says. I know what it says, but it, it says in so many different ways in so many different places until you put this puzzle together and step back and realize the awesome the awesome event you're talking about when when God steps into you know onto this timeline and all of creation stands up. I mean, you you just have no idea what's 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 at play here. So, uh, <laughs> and you know, this is a threat. Okay, I've 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 got got to mention this one. Isaiah fifty seven fourteen. And it shall be said, build up, build up, <laughs> prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You're going to get a kick out of him. You're going to get a kick out of him. So say whatever you're going to say and do whatever you're going to do right now. Today you're having your day, ladies and gentlemen. But you can take this to the bank. He's coming. <laughs> and he's going to rattle your cage. Joe, um, we can read some more or your comments on those first verses that you read. Oh, goodness. Um, you know, it, no, I think you uh, covered that quite well right there. Um, as I was just kind of looking over, uh, well, with Isaiah 40. Two there, speak kindly to Jerusalem, call out to her that her warfare has ended. Um, 
Proverbs uh, 31 comes to mind um, as well as uh, Psalm 40 that it seems to uh, go with this as well but uh, I can read on see where do we stop at uh, 46 I believe <clears throat> see a voice says call out then he answered, what shall I call out? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Get yourself up on a high mountain, O Zion, bearer of good news. Lift up your voice mightily, O Jerusalem, bearer of good news. Lift up, do not fear, says the cities of Judah. Here is your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with might, with his arm ruling for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him and we'll stop right there oh boy <laughs> well yeah yeah uh yeah you're wow um he's he's given you some very interesting uh metaphors there for what life is going to be like after this this great day and um well, the whores, the whores that he unleashes uh, on this planet. I mean, to the point where he just throttles you. He throttles you. Uh, you can't die. And and people just don't understand that. That God tells death to flee from you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, and, well, you will take note that here's an overt reference to uh to the ecclesia getting her hind's feet. Mm-hmm. Uh very clear he said that, uh that somehow uh there was gonna be uh this is going to happen when he blows his his breath uh on it. We look, we don't understand what it means. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't understand that how it is the breath of the Lord gives us animation. We do know that the red blood cell is like a toroidal ring. That's what it is. Of course, when you ask any doctor, well, what's blood? Well, that's easy. It's iron, it's water, <laughs> and it's oxygen. Well, that's rust. Of course it's rust. That's why blood congeals. But anyway, it is his life. Uh, is This is how there's life in the blood. But anyway, to make a long story short, he is saying here, that, literally speaking, uh, well, we have no idea what, what the physical ramifications of what he's talking about. All we do know is this. That the ecclesia, he tells her to get herself up on a high mountain. She gets her hind feet. Uh, and uh, this is connect. You have to understand that Zion, ladies and gentlemen, the, the Bible declares it very loudly. That Zion is God's throne room. That's that's heaven. That's that's God's heavenly throne room. That's Zion. 
He says Mount Zion, and then he says Jerusalem. So you have to understand that we don't know what's going on. I, I think I can tell you I think what's going on. What I think is going on is that somehow life is being sucked out of the people in the outer darkness and is being transferred. It goes into of those that are, are in this place that's prepared by God himself. Uh, and they become like uh, – well, we know what happened to the children of Israel. Their clothes didn't wear out. Something very strange was going on there. Uh, and in this place, they couldn't eat normal food. Uh, they ate manna, uh, the bread of angels. So we don't know if, if that's what our hinds feet are, if we somehow become cloven to the Lord our God. Is that possible? I mean, but literally speaking, you're you're talking about – somehow the woman – has at least gone partially up Jacob's ladder. You don't have to like it, but that's what – and he doesn't use that phraseology. He says that we get our hinds feet. Uh, well, people don't have hinds feet. We're, we're not deer. I mean we're not you know, uh, horses. We're not donkeys. That's not what we are, but yet that's what the, the Lord our God tells us. So are we going to partially ascend Jacob's ladder somehow because uh, – well, he breathes his breath on us? I don't know. All I do know is that everything that just come out of his mouth is bank. That's what's going to happen. And this is going to make her uh, uh, cry out. But you have to understand that verse 9, get yourself up on a high mountain. O Zion, bear of good news, lift up your voice mightily, O Jerusalem. You have to realize that what's being stated here is that her cries are now heard both on in heaven and on earth. Now, I know that's enough to just kind of kind of take you by surprise, but yeah, that's kind of what he's saying. Now, here when it says uh, in verse 9, say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Well, what literally is it saying in Hebrew? Well, uh, Jordah, of course, is the root to throw. Or to be cast. It can also mean to glorify, yada, 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 yada. But you get the point. That, um... I, I, I guess I have something that popped in my brain there. We were talking about the Heinz feet. Mm -hmm. And I've been looking at, uh, once again, alternating current. Um... I'm trying to remember where I saw the article, but it was uh, normally, in America anyways, AC will fluctuate between 60 hertz and 50 hertz, or 60 cycles per second, or 50 cycles per second. Um, but there is a, in between that, there is a split second where the it it's almost like it, it they call it like an ether the energy literally disappears and then reappears and i'm just kind of wondering if that's that a frequency or a cycle uh, energetically changes you know you were talking about the the hind's feet well joe it, what did i just say well, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going over what was in my melon. Oh, absolutely, that makes sense. You're saying that, well, we change frequencies, right? 
I mean, we just talked about this last night that uh, there is such a thing uh, as a pulsar glitch. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, they have no idea why it happens, but we just uh, chronicled it uh, in um, the Vela Pulsar. Uh, they literally documented that it slows down for a length of time, then rapidly speeds up, and then goes back to the same high rotational velocity. Now, you need to understand this creates quite a lot of problems from like the 60s. Because originally they thought that, well, these things are perfect chronometers, astronomically speaking, because they spin so perfectly that well, we can track time with them, right? I mean, these are actually we could uh, uh, observe these 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 pulsars, and uh, literally, well, it's like a astronomical stopwatch. Well, then we caught them glitching. They slow down and rapidly speed up just for a minute, almost like they're changing gears in a transmission, ladies and gentlemen. It's literally doing exactly, well, what Joe just described. Like I said, it slows down a little bit, then it speeds way up, and then it reverses and goes back to the normal speed. It's like it's changing gears. Ladies and gentlemen, let, just just so you understand what – I don't want to get too highly technical, but – there came a time when there was a new innovation in drag racing. It was called the stall converter, where you could actually use an automatic transmission in a drag uh, car. The point being is this, ladies and gentlemen, you you just can't go from one gear to the next. Everything will fly apart. Now, I've actually had this happen to me due to extreme temperatures up here in the Bakken. Back in 2014... Uh, Going from one gear to the next, we were pulling in excess of 10,000 pounds, and I'm going to tell you the truth. You're not going to believe me, but there was an explosion. When we got the truck stopped and looked underneath it, there was no transfer case. We couldn't find one single piece of it in the snow. It was gone. It was literally gone. We could not find one single piece of not only the gears in that transfer case, the transfer case was gone. It, it was literally had been obliterated due to, I think that day it was, the windshield was minus 48 degrees. Minus 48 degrees. And we, of course, had the backhoe on the trailer. We were pulling in excess of 10,000 pounds. And, and uh, it just flew apart. So you have to understand that you just can't automatically change velocities all at once and dump that much energy. In the natural realm, usually that causes catastrophic failure of whatever you're talking about. It really doesn't matter. I mean, across the board. So the the point being is is that Joe may very well be right. Yeah, of course we're going to change frequency. Uh. What does that mean? We don't know. It's above our pay grade. Um, and that's all I can really say about it. Just really above our pay grade, but but that's what you're talking about. You're talking about a, a slight decrease in, in frequency, but you're really talking about energy packets, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so literally this is happening to prevent something being obliterated, correct? Correct. So somehow that plays into this, but... You just realize, see, 
Joe, you do realize he's using a language that's 6,000 years old, that he's taken the vows from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, how, okay, let's, let's be honest, Joe. Isaiah did not have any scientific terms he could use, right? Absolutely not. And he just gave it to us flawlessly. And not only mm-hmm. that, I mentioned multiple chapters, Joe. Right. Not just one. He said this a, a few times. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's just uh, it's off the hook. Um. And 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 remember, he he does this to you, ladies and gentlemen, so you know that it's not just Jerusalem. Okay, he's, he's not wanting to single out Jerusalem here. He's to say to the cities of Judah. Okay, <laughs> so it, it's. Because right now you'd be saying, oh, it's just Jerusalem. Everybody else's Jer- – Jerusalem must be the place that's – no, no, that's not, what he, that's not what he meant. He also says, say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. So anyway, this puts the trump card on the simple fact that he's only talking about Jerusalem. No, he's not. So uh, – but anyway, um, Joe, back to you. Oh, goodness. No, I, I just had that rattling around in my melon there while you were uh, talking about it. Uh, it's been rattling around in there for some time, so I figured uh, no time like the present. But uh, <laughs> All right. Well, um, continue on, I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Behold, the Lord God will come with might, with his arm ruling for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arm, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. All right. All right, let's let's pause for good news. I'm not going to give too much discourse on it, but ladies and gentlemen, if you need a hint, you literally don't have a clue. Because he just said he was coming here. He was going to uh, tend his flock, and then he was going to take the lambs. And then the nursing ewes, he was going to lead. Now look, I didn't say that. The Lord, he is God. He's the one who just said this. And no matter what you think, no matter what you believe, this is what's going to happen. This this is what's going to happen. This is bank. So whatever else you've heard or whatever else you've been studying, if it countermands what God just said, you should promptly place that in the garbage. Sorry I interrupted you, Joe, but… Uh, please continue. No, that was fine. Uh, okay. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens by the span and calculated the dust of the earth by measure and weighed the mountains in balance and the hills in a pair of scales? Who has detect- directed the spirit of the Lord? Or as his counselor has informed him, or as his counselor has informed him, 
with whom did he consult and who gave him understanding and who taught him in the path of justice and taught him in knowledge and informed him of the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Even Lebanon is not enough to burn, nor its beast enough for a burnt offering. And he does it again. Um, (laughs) That is... Well, we could spend... uh, We could spend almost a whole episode just on, on, on 12. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of, you kind of stopped one short because he was about to tell you all about, oh, you weren't expecting it? You weren't expecting it, were you, ladies and gentlemen? You weren't expecting it. Well, I'm going to say something real quick, okay? We're going to do this and, uh, well, I'm just going to <laughs> just just say it uh, before... Uh, he ever reads it, but this is Revelation chapter uh, 12, verse 7. And there was four in heaven, Michael and his angel waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place for them found in heaven. Joe, why don't you read the very next verse? To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness will you compare with him? Joe, you do understand what I just read, right? Mm-hmm. Revelation, right? Mm-hmm. You do know what Michael's name means, don't you? Oh, it just left me. Um, really? It just left you? Um, His name means who is like God. Yes, thank you. That's what his name means, Joe. That's what it means. Uh, literally, uh, literally, uh, <laughs> Michael, what, well, what you know is, H forty three seventeen uh is from well L H forty three ten L and Mikel. So literally this mm-hmm. word is who is like God. You you didn't you 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 didn't see that coming, did you, Joe? I just completely just blew your mind, didn't I? Well I didn't. Um I guess Isaiah did. But uh <laughs> did you you weren't expecting that, were you? Oh, to whom then will you liken God? Yeah. Oh, that is pretty amazing. Right. He literally did everything but come out and said Michael's name. Mm-hmm. He literally just used it in sentence form to say Michael. <laughs> I mean, literally <laughs> did. So, um, and then he mentions the craftsman. It's just enough to blow you away. Then, mm-hmm. then you have to be reckoned with. The first chapter of Zechariah and the four craftsmen. You, you don't you don't have a choice. He sends you down that path. But at any rate, I'm just remembering. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you have more to add to those verses that you just read? Because you're right. I mean, we could spend a whole lot of time just in verse 12. Um. So what did you want to talk about? Uh, because I'm I'm seeing. Massive amounts of stuff, Joe. Go ahead. 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens by the span and calculated the dust of the earth by measure and weighed the mountains in a balance and the hills in a pair of scales? Oh, my goodness. You know, I go back to, to Job. I go back to... There's so much in this. There's just so much in this verse that is just calculated the dust of the earth by measure. Um, I know what you're talking about, man. I know. He is talking about, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to tell you. Uh, He's talking about the ones numbered in Mm -hmm. Revelation chapter 7. You don't have to like it. Um, That's children of the promise being numbered right there. Absolutely. Uh, so you're told unequivocally, um, well, that's why Revelation chapter 7 follows the six seal event, amen? I mean, mm-hmm. or duh, or whatever you want to say. I mean, right. Um, so, yeah, this is just, I mean, he's just literally coming out and just telling you. Um, Absolutely. And here, you know, prophetically waters, you have to realize that, well, ladies and gentlemen, he's, he's talking, Lord have mercy, um, Lord have mercy. I mean, prophetically speaking, you realize that the high places. How many times has he stated that that the worship of the host of heaven occurred on the high places? Mm-hmm. He's literally just come right out and told you that that the dust of the earth, those that were going to be numbered as the sand on the seashore, were going to be put in the balance with the host of heaven, and they are, because the beast, of course, is of course going to behead them. Because he can't mark them. They've been sealed by the Lord their God. So they can't take the mark of the beast. So off with their heads. But uh, (laughs) putting this as a balance, I mean, you realize this is also the perfect way to tell you that uh, the axis of this earth is going to come into serious problems. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, it really is, well, I... (laughs) Uh, then we have 13 and 14 which is a series of questions what what do you make of that Joe with whom did he yeah whom directed the spirit who has directed the spirit of the Lord yeah it it just it just brings me right back to I'm you know I have to say it it brings my mind right back to Job 38 (laughs) Yeah. Explain. Well, it's it's almost the same context of, of you know, he basically says, now, now, you know, gird yourself and stand up like a man. And then he gives, you know, that whole diatribe of, you know, who, where were you? And so it, it, <laughs> it it's in almost in that same context. Uh, I, I don't know the word to say there, but it, it's it's well, almost like a, it's a dire it's almost like a dire warning here oh, to yeah. to the haughty, if <laughs> you will, or those that are well and the calculated those that are well now, I guess, betrothed to the fallen, if you will. Um, it, it's definitely you know comes out as just this dire. Warning of, of 
you know, who has directed the spirit of the Lord or given counsel. It's, it's definitely to me screaming out. Job 38. Yeah. Let's let's take a read of the first three verses. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you will instruct me. <laughs> so, Job's about ready to get lit up. He about ready to get lit up. Verse 4, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? And here we go again with speaking about stretching it out. Or who stretched the line on it? On what words basis sunk? Or who laid the cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who enclosed the sea with doors. When bursting forth, it went out forth from the womb. When I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. And I placed boundaries on it and set the bolt of its doors. And I said, thus you shall come, but no further. This is a type of, of, of <laughs> verbiage we're getting here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's letting you know, I'm God, and besides me, there is nothing. There is no one. There's just me. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah, poor Job right here. <laughs> poor, <laughs> poor Job's getting a hammering, buddy. He was, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he was wincing. You realize that, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh here he mentions in verse 15 um his uplifted arm uh he's talked he talks about a lot of things here verse 18 have you understood the expanse of the earth or it's look ladies and gentlemen i mean the only way what can be facilitated in isaiah chapter 40 is the expansion of the earth it has to expand so anyway uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought up Job chapter 38 um cuz obviously uh God is a little bit more than uh, teed off at well, Job there, but uh we're getting the same type of language here in Isaiah chapter 40. He really don't care. Do you understand? He's no respe- respecter of persons, Joe. He don't mm-hmm. care if he tells you or not cuz you can't stop it. You understand? Absolutely. I mean, he just, he don't care. <laughs> um, and to most people that read this, it, it can be very disturbing. I mean, God's threatening you. And, uh, you know, they're very put up with that because, you know, God's supposed to, uh, God's supposed to be the, you know, the great grandfather in the sky uh, singing mm. Kubaya, right? Uh, yeah. Um, That's... And we we didn't mention, of course, I don't know. Um, you know, we we. Well, I guess we just have to have to read on because he said so much. I've said so much. They just need to digest it, Joe. You know, you can take this to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. If you are an incorrigible Christian, I guarantee you what just come out of God's mouth is going to make you colicky. Amen, Joe? Amen. Do you know anything about a colicky baby? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. They don't like it, but by the Lord their God, they're going to digest it, aren't they? Yep. Now, they 
they do it kicking and screaming every inch of the way, right? But they are going to digest it. Yep. So, <laughs> if you're an incorrigible Christian, it's definitely going to make you colicky. Uh, no doubt about it. But uh, he's about ready to, uh, well, he's about to go back and make, uh, what did you think? You know what? I don't hmm. want to say too much. Joe, why don't you talk a little bit? Because I'm just dying to – I mean he's getting ready to talk about the craftsman. It's just – why don't you add some commentary? Oh, as, as far as what I just read or you want me to keep reading? Either one. Either give some Either commentary one. or keep reading. I don't care. Either one. Okay. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, let's let's keep reading here. Uh, behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Even Lebanon is a not enough to burn, nor is beast enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. To whom, then, will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare him with? As for the idol, a craftsman cast it, a goldsmith plates it with gold, and a silversmith fashions chains of silver. He who is too impoverished for such an offering selects a tree that does not rot. He seeks out for himself a skillful craftsman to prepare an idol that will not totter. Wow. <laughs> what do you make of that, Jim? Wow. Um, you know, I, I, oh, geez. Um, as for the idol, a craftsman casts it. The goldsmith plates it with gold, and a silversmith fashions chains of silver. That's a tree that does not rot. Um, oh, my goodness. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that the tree that does not rot. You know, the shaking of that tree. Mm -hmm. Um, as it casts its figs down, like you know, overripe, uh, overripe fruit there. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I need to shut my mouth. What do you think about that? No, I, I, I think. No, I think you're exactly, you know, it, it reminds me of the, well, it, you have to go to the craftsman. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, it, it also, well, I, I also get a picture of, well, of his axe as well here. Um that he will chop at the roots, but oh my goodness, there's, I, I you know, it's it's one of those things that when, when you read this, there's just no way, there's just there's just no way that this is not God. That it's, you know, we, the, the verses above, you know, we were talking about uh, Job thirty-eight, just, and I feel bad. For Job, you know, in that moment, but what a blessing of the amount of information that we received in that diatribe. But I'm, I'm also, 
somewhat concerned with, well, what's taught currently, because he he has no problem, no problem, coming out, and it's, I don't know how else to explain it, other than, you know, I fear him, but there's nothing that he fears, at least not his creation. There's nothing that challenges him. There's nothing that stands before him. There's no war between him and anybody. It's what he says, and that's it. So, you know, when we get into this, into these verses right here, it's me constantly keeping that in my mind of this is this is just what he says. This is just how it is, and this is how it's going to happen. Whether whether I have any emotion about it, whether I have any anything, it doesn't matter. You know, there's certain things that I have, you know, that's... Well, I, I wish there was a different way. But I know that he is well, well above and beyond me. And that what he says, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen exactly that way. So, Well, you know having this let's let's just go ahead and read jeremiah chapter eight at that time declares the lord they will bring out the bones of the kings of judah and the bones of the princes and the bones of the priests and the bones of the prophets and the bones of the inhabitants of jerusalem from their graves and they will spread them out to the sun the moon and all the host of heaven which they have loved and which they have served and which they have gone after and which they have sought and which they have worshipped they will not be gathered or buried. They will be as dung on the face of the ground. And death will be chosen rather than life by all the remnant that remains of this evil family that remains in all the places to which I have driven them, declares the Lord of hosts. Well, he just, just told you what's, what's going to happen after this day. Um... And of course, this is what he's talking about, the idols. Um, they're forging idols of the host of heaven. The angels that they worship. The princes that they worship. And it just amazes me that... Well, your thoughts, Joe. Oh, that the uh, the ten and, and all that stand with them, basically... Uh, well, this this also... You know, I'm going to be as careful as I can because I, I know you and I have discussed this before of Aaron, uh, the uh, well, they they smelted that uh, golden calf, and and I'm not trying to paint Aaron in a, in a bad light whatsoever. This was to bring out those that um, were rebellious. So it, it, it seems that right now that uh, as he's talking about this, that well, <laughs> what a perfect time to be rebellious. Now, now the ones that they have worshipped, well, they're actually in their midst. Well, amen. Um, as far as the matter goes, that's all I'm going to talk about it. Um, so you can continue reading if you'd like to. All right. Here's the first one. Um, 
4021, do you not know, have you not heard, has that not been declared from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He it is who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they planted, scarcely have they been sown, scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. But he merely blows on them, and they wither, and the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom, then, will you liken me, that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Whoa. Um, Wow. Once again, uh, inhabitants like grasshoppers, uh, he who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Oh, my gosh, so many places uh that he gives us this that he sits upon he, he gives this uh description um uh, of well his dwelling place uh, of of almost a location in the heavens um and that it well it's it's his and and as you know I think I know you talked about this last night Matthew of, of that well he sits upon time uh, stretching it out as, as a measurement of distance. Um, the circle of the earth and its inhabitants, uh, you know, we're talking about one, you know, you're seeing measurements. Uh, we've also talked about those measurements changing by one-seventh. Inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Um, this is, well, this, this also reminds me when they spied out the land, um that's right. They said that that the people there were so great or big that uh, the spies looked like grasshoppers, right? Mhm. But yet again, what makes a grasshopper special? Well, it's got hind feet, right? Right. And most magnificent hind feet at that. So you know, let's just let's just talk about mechanically here this this verse Verse 22 is absolutely off the charts because the Greek, it says that he sits above the gyro of the earth. That's the Greek word gyro right there. Mm. So you're getting a whole lot of technical data here on top of uh, uh, what he's describing here. Uh, But here he says he's literally going to Stretched out the heavens, and you see they're stretched now. But on this day, he's saying he's going to spread that out. You understand? Mm-hmm. They literally just told you again. The only way this can happen is if <laughs> it's increased. He just told you. Right. He literally just told. Did not have a problem telling you. And you have to realize that. <sighs> He is describing a certain type of tent. Um, he's uh, well. He's literally using things that uh, he's using 
an image of a regular polygon tent. Okay, you have to realize what we're talking about here. We're talking about the type of tent that has a center pole. You understand what I'm saying, Joe? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you have three stakes or if you have four stakes, five stakes, six stakes. All those have to be equally in opposition one to another to create a regular polygon. You understand? Right. This is exactly what he was talking about. You realize that it doesn't matter if you have three stakes or four stakes or five stakes around this this center pole. Mm-hmm. And he just he just actually just came out and told you this. They have to be sh- straightened equally to be equally opposed, right? Do you understand what right. I'm talking about? Yes. They have to be stretched out not only between distance between the stake itself and the center pole. They have to be equal between the two stakes on either side of it. So he's literally describing a regular polygon tent. And uh, he literally he literally just told you he was going to get bigger. And this is the window of opportunity, verse 24. When he does this, he says he is going to reduce the rulers to nothing and make the judges of the earth meaningless. Well, he just... Ladies and gentlemen, he's gonna kick him out of heaven, man. That, that, that's that, that's what he's saying to you. And uh, uh, <laughs> look, he he's gonna kick him out of heaven, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't even want to. I don't even feel like beating around the bush anymore. Twenty-four. Scarcely they have been planted. Scarcely they have been sown. Scarcely their stock has taken root in the earth. He literally saying. He's he's literally saying there's going to be a short span of time that these hosts of heaven are going to be on the earth. And they can't go back up. Why? Because Revelation chapter 12 told us. Because he who is like God, Michael, that's what his name means, has prevented them from ascending Jacob's ladder again. You understand? Mm-hmm. So this length of time, I can tell you how long it is, Joe. The... Length of time in verse 24 is 1,260 days. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is the amount of time, but merely blows on them and they wither. This is the time that if literally anything on the 1,261st day, literally nothing, everything would die. All flesh would be consumed, okay? Right. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. So... And like I said, verse 25, it comes right out and says, you know, what is the cause of this? Well, what makes it happen? Revelation chapter 12 told you Michael prevents them from ascending back up into heaven, right? Verse 25, to whom then would you liken me that I would be equal, says the Holy One? Verse 26, I mean, you haven't got that far. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. Yeah, look, look up to heaven and see who created them. Oh, okay, so, man, I, I can't, look, I mean, to me, I'm I'm just, well, I'm reading Isaiah chapter 24, and I'm reading Revelation chapter 12, and, well, chapter 6, and chapter 7, too. And, of course, in between there, you, you've got the two witnesses, right? That's chapter 10, right? So you've mm-hmm. got to, all this condensed down with God's just getting mad here in Isaiah chapter 40, and he's just giving to you. Giving it all to you in one diatribe is what he's doing. Right. He's just giving it to you. Mm-hmm. So, 
uh, your thoughts and comments. And if you don't have any, let's go ahead and, uh, well, he's, he's getting ready to tell you. I mean, he's, like I said, he's going to give you more information, but back to you, Joe. Okay. Uh, we'll keep reading. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created the stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and just and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is unscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youth grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles, they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I know, Joe. I know exactly what he's talking about. I'm sorry, but I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, ladies and gentlemen, he's, he's literally telling you <laughs> that that those who endure, they're going to have to endure something. Okay, and of course that is <sighs> the first four seals. Okay, let's let me just be very pointed about it. It's the first four seals. Okay, but if they do not grow weary, if they do not you know, even though they're stumbling and even badly, it says and vigorous young men stumble badly. If they truly wait upon the Lord, they will be taken on Operation Eagle's Wings. I mean, we could go back to Revelation chapter twelve and read it again if you want to. But he just told you that if you're faithful and you endure through this first part, that's going to happen. Um, he's, well, he's, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, he was tell. <laughs> he literally, oh my goodness, he, he prophetically just, just told you that, um, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Why do you say, Jacob, and assert Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and justice do me escapes the notice of my God? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Ladies and gentlemen, he, he already told you that he's going to take a certain number with him. He, he's going to... Well, he's, he's going to kidnap <laughs> some uh, some lambs. And, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, let me just go. I'm just dilly-dallying here. Let's just go to Isaiah chapter 26 and see what it has to say, okay? Because we can get further information on these two groups because he, that's the purpose of this particular diatribe here is, is so that we all know what's going on. So we'll just go to Isaiah chapter 26 and read this in a different uh, way. Okay, that's, that's all we're going to do it, is, is we're going to uh, read this a different way. Okay, let's see here. Do I want to read the whole thing? I really don't want to read the whole thing. Um, 
We'll see. You have increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You've extended all the borders of the land. O Lord, they sought you in distress, and they could only whisper a prayer. Your chastening was upon them. As a pregnant woman approaches the time to give birth, she rises and cries out in labor pains. Thus we were before you, O Lord. We were pregnant. We writhed and labored. We gave birth, as it seems, only to wind. We could not accomplish what? Deliverance for the earth, nor were the inhabitants of the world born. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the phraseology used, right? He's talking about the same thing. Verse 19. Your dead will live, their corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust awake and shout for joy, for your dew is of the dew of the dawn, and the earth will give birth to the departed spirits. Literally, ladies and gentlemen, he's coming out and telling you how the bride is going to get deliverance. Literally coming right out and telling you how that's going to be facilitated. Okay? Literally saying that. Literally saying it. This is why he uses this, have you not heard? I mean, so let's read this verse again. Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice do me escapes? The notice of the Lord. He's literally telling you that these two groups is what's going to give her justice. <laughs> this is the deliverance mentioned by these two groups that's coming in Revelation chapter or Isaiah chapter 26. I just read it to you. It's the same thing. He steps up the game. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Well, yeah, because he's told you this before. You just weren't listening. You just weren't listening. I mean, verse 30. I mean, at any rate, ladies and gentlemen, this is literally describing uh, Revelation chapter, you know, 12, but particularly, uh, you know, 12, 14. Uh, but the two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for time and times, half a time from the presence of the serpent. This is exactly what the last verse in this chapter is talking about. I'll read it again. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So literally, you have the whole story here, Joe. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You have the whole story? No, absolutely. I, mean, no, I don't know I, what I could add to it. No, the only thing uh, uh, was on 26. It, it, it's like he prefaces uh, there of, of, well, what you just read. Um, you know, my my mind always goes to, you know, back, uh, clear back to Genesis where he numbered and named and he said it was good. He said it was perfect, uh, this this numbering. But yet, he talks about one-third of the host falling, and we, we talked about that, that Michael uh, literally keeps them down here. He keeps them going from Jacob's ladder. But he then uh, gives you that not one of them is missing, so there has to be a replacement. So then he gives you down in the chapters below that what he's going to do as far as a replacement. So... Right, yeah. <laughs> he lets you know that, yeah, I mean. But yeah, verse 26. Lift up your eyes on high, okay, and see who has created these, referring to the stars there. The one who leads forth their host by number and calls them all by name because the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Well, I just read it from 
from mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter 26 who it is. Absolutely. He come right out and told you who this is. And But you should know this. This is the parent prophecy, Joe. This this is mm-hmm. nothing more than him saying, by the way, what I told you know uh, your father Abraham, that's true. Mm-hmm. It really is real that the children of the promise are going to be numbered, you know, some as the s- stars in the sky. That's what he's talking about. This mm-hmm. is the parent prophecy. And the other ones he was talking about was those that's numbered like the sand of the seashore, mm-hmm. the dust of the earth. He, he don't have a problem telling you. Right. So um, <laughs> this this literally is the full mill deal. You You have everything here, man. Mm-hmm. Everything is here. Everything is here. So uh, it's it's really a wonderful chapter. Um, I mean, he he gives so many references to time here. But verse twenty four, I just get a kick out of because, well, I mean, we read it in Isaiah chapter twenty four and Revelation chapter six that everybody has supernatural knowledge of what's coming. He just goes ahead and tells them, I don't care. This is what's going to happen. So your life is exactly one hundred or one thousand two hundred sixty days left. That's how long you got left. And uh, he makes this reference to time here. Uh, you know, it's so short. You know, they know their time is short. Well, he literally said short. He just worded it a different way three different times. Scarcely have they been planted. Scarcely have they been sown. And you realize why he refers to this as planted because. We can go right back to Isaiah chapter 24 and see how does that chapter end, ladies and gentlemen? How does it end? Well, you've all forgotten. You've all forgotten. Um, well, he says the same thing. Uh, <laughs> listen, this is from Isaiah chapter 24. So it will happen in that day that the Lord will punish the host of heaven on high and the kings of the earth, and they will be gathered together like prisoners in a dungeon. And will be confined in a prison. This is why he's liking it to planting them like a seed in the ground. Because here he's saying he puts them down in a dungeon. Okay? And after many days, they will be punished. How many days? 1,260. Verse 23. Then the moon will be abashed. Yada, yada, yada. Y'all know. Y'all know that. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what happens. It's literally saying the same thing. So... Um, Anyway, uh, good stuff from Isaiah chapter 40, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it really says everything. Would you understand what it says, Joe? Would you remember the other chapters that go with this? I mean, the most important thing to remember for this whole chapter was the parent prophecy. Right. That was the absolute most important thing anybody woulda, shoulda, coulda remembered was the parent prophecy. Look up and look down. That's right. I will number your children of the promise like the stars of the heaven and like the sand on the seashore. Both those groups are mentioned. One is numbered in Revelation chapter 7. Once they're numbered, they're doomed. They've been sealed on their you know, bodies by God, so they cannot take the mark of the beast, and they're promptly beheaded. And show up as being those of the first resurrection. That group which I call Primus Resurrectorate. So it, it's really it's really pretty amazing. But uh, you know what, man? I just love reading it. Because I understand what it says. And there's just no debating 
what he's talking about, really. I mean, when you have all the cross-references down, you realize, man, this is just, this is just good stuff right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, there's there's just no debating with it. So anyway, um, all right. Well, um, your final comments, Joe. Oh, my goodness. Um, final comments. You know, I... I I think I kind of stated it there uh, in the, in the middle what I was what was kind of on my heart there of um, just uh, believing believing it believing it first and then that's the most important thing is just believing it because he doesn't fear anything no. anything at all no he don't yeah you just got to believe it and then uh, well then he'll explain to you what what he's talking about and it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because once you start stringing together verses, once you start remembering what you've read before, everything comes back with perfect clarity. It has to, because he always says the same thing over and over and over. He just says it different ways, really. So, all right, uh, Joe, uh, give out your contact information, good stuff, uh, and your other broadcast, please. All right. Uh, you can reach me at uh, Joe Musedla, J O E M U Z Y D L A uh, dot nine on Facebook. Uh, J Musedla on Twitter. Uh, you can also find uh, my other podcast, A Cup with Joe, on Spreaker. And oh goodness, it, it's it's uh, back on iTunes and it's all over the place. So. Uh, a cup with Joe. So, all right. Well, um, you can find me. Uh, search Matthew Miller forty nine. Hey, there's new stuff. Um, let's see. As far as uh, the stuff I do, wow. Uh, uh, where would I begin? Um, yeah, just search uh, Matthew Miller forty nine. That'll take you to the Tumblr and the. Twitter, which you can get to the other places. Um, yeah, so if uh, you want to contact me, uh, you can do so um, according to the scripture at mail.com or just uh, hook up on uh, Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr and send me a message that way. A lot of people do that now. But anyway, Joe, uh, why don't you just pray us out of here? Let's just do that. I can't believe we're way over, so just pray us out of here, man. You got it. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads and we bow our hearts before your throne, Father. Father, once again, I thank you for this time, Father. I in great gratitude for this time with my brother and more so to be in your word, Father, and, and to remember, Father. I thank you for letting us remember. Father, I thank you, well, for being who you are, Father. I thank you for your, dare I say, bluntness, Father, that, uh, well, that you are direct, Father, and I, I, I do appreciate that more than, I really do appreciate it. Father, I ask that you be with so many people right now that are struggling. Oh my goodness, there is so many to pray for and so many to think of right now, Father. That uh, those in Poland, those uh, 
Oh, my goodness. Well, all across this globe, Father, there are those that I'm sure are crying out. And, Father, I ask that you be with them. And, Father, I ask that you get this recording to those who, well, who it will bless, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen and amen. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.